character. You have not. Well, you're going to be in for a treat. Barry is um, a man that came to us. How many years have you been working here? Three and a half years ago, his wife and him just felt called here. They have been missionaries in Chile. He ran a Spanish-speaking Bible school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they just felt called to come here. And actually, Betty Kay was the one that, um, I, I may mess this up, but anyway, uh, they just, it's really miraculous how they came in. He answered our email for a period of time, and nobody knew that they were in ministry, that they were called to ministry, that he was qualified, that he had done these things. He never said a word. He never pushed himself on us. And I think it was Gary that found out that he had ministered and done all of these things, invited him to minister in the school. And the very first time he ministered in the school, the students gave him a standing ovation and had more had more tapes or CDs requested than any speaker that we had ever had. And so anyway, we started having him in a little bit every once in a while. And he was just powerful. And I was so impressed with the fact that he didn't come and present himself and try and knock the door down. He just let God open up the doors. And so after a while, we saw the blessing and the anointing of God on him. And he's now a regular instructor in the school. And he runs our third year program. And uh, it's really just taken off and things are going great. So anyway, Barry is a total blessing. You're going to really be blessed. So just open up your heart and receive Barry Bennett. Okay? Praise the Lord. Thank you. It's always a real privilege to, to share the word with you guys. It's a, what a blessing. And for those of you that don't know, I'm the serious one. <laughs> I never show emotion. But I'm kind of in a, in a quandary this morning because this, the, the message that God has given me, God, he put on my heart last year. And I've just been carrying this for a year and I've told... It's, uh, I've told some of the students, you know, that I really feel to, to share this. And then yesterday, Lawson preached about half of it. <laughs> except for the part about the cows. And uh, Andrew's been all over it, too. Wendell took all my jokes. <laughs> and so about all I have left is the closing prayer. But I'm going to share anyway. But before I do that, I want to run over real quickly with you the third year program that, that we have that is new this year and is going to be even bigger and better next year. And I just want to share with you, those of you that are thinking of coming to school, the new first year students that perhaps haven't heard that much about it, the third year program, what we're calling the ministry training program, is a very compact, filled uh, very intensive exposure to many, many different kinds of things that are involved in ministry, whether it be pastoral ministry, the business side of ministry, uh, parachurch ministry. We try to expose the students to as many men and women of God, as many opportunities and as many kinds of information as, as we possibly can. And it's been a very successful program this year. Next year, we're adding the School of Media and the School of Worship, which perhaps Daniel and, and Stephen, when they speak, they'll mention that. 
But I just wanted to run through the courses, and I'm going to do this quickly because there are so many. Uh, Some of the courses that we have, how to teach, how to find the will of God, pastoral care, youth ministry, evolution of ministry, the pastoral call, church government, Old Testament apologetics, the business of ministry, leadership, how to follow the will of God, pastoral principles, marriage and ministry, startups, how to start a ministry, building significant churches, practical prosperity, anatomy of a revival, the pastoral heart, missions, how to, I'm still going, how to fulfill the will of God, children's ministry, church administration, sermon building with Greek and Hebrew, principles in church growth, and ministry legalities. That's quite a few, that's not all the, the program. We also have workshops, how to build a business, how to start a home group, how to make an outline, how to manage people, ministry to the homeless, rural church ministry, website building, practical ministry concepts, event planning, building a church. We also have teaching labs in which you will speak at least 10 times during the course of the year. We also have visitations outside of the campus. We've been to Compassion International. We've been to Focus on the Family, Navigators, or we're going to Focus on the Family. We've been to Navigators. We're going to uh, Springs Rescue Mission. We've been to a funeral home. We've been to many different places uh, to, again, expose the students to the different kinds of ministry that are available and to get as much information into you as we possibly can. So those of you that are in first year and those of you that are thinking about coming to school, third year is the best year. Amen? All right. All right, praise the Lord. I want to share with you, and everything that I've been sharing lately, or everything that God's been putting in my heart lately, has a lot to do with what I I call the law of purpose. And if you were here for the men's advance, I kind of began my message in the same way, talking about purpose. And I want to do that again this morning, but we're going to go in a different direction. But go with me, if you will, to Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Everything that God does, everything God creates, everything He has started or put into motion has a purpose. And we need to discern, discover, and identify God's purpose in everything that is going on in our lives. If not, we will miss his blessing and his, his purpose in that purpose. If, we're, if we don't know, and when I spoke at the men's advance, we talk about the purpose of marriage, God's purpose in marriage. And many people marry never understanding what marriage is all about, and their marriages suffer as a result. You can take this to the practical level. You can put this in the spiritual dimension. Wherever you want to put it, everything has a purpose. And if you discover that purpose, then the benefit of that thing will will, uh, reach your life. When we don't understand something's purpose, we abuse it or we lose it. God has a purpose for your life. God... and. When I, when I speak of that, I, let, me, let me say it this way, and I'm already getting ahead of myself here, but in each of us there is a divine seed. We are born by the seed of the Word of God. And that seed has a purpose. Each seed contains within it all of our inheritance in Christ, but at the same time there's something unique in that seed 
in each of us that is our particular purpose. And it's up to us to discover that purpose. Just as we discover our inheritance in Christ, just as we discover all of the blessings that we have in Him, just as we discover the, the depth of grace and the gifts of the Spirit, we need to discover what is that unique motivation, that unique call, that unique gift, that unique destiny that God has placed in me. And so what I want to do, and, and to help us kind of discover this, and many of you are here thinking about, should I go to Bible school Is this the next thing for me? I'm hoping that what I'm going to share with you will help you make that decision. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, And from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now in all of this, we're just going to look at these two verses, and I'm going to take them apart into five different sections. But the purpose, what was God's purpose in blessing Abraham and in calling Abraham? He says at the end of this verse that you shall be a what? Blessing. God had a purpose for Abraham, and if you go on to read verse 3, you'll see that 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 purpose was to reach the nations of the earth with his grace, with his love. But Abraham had a purpose. Now, I find in these two verses a series of principles that are developed here, somewhat sequentially, I think, as to how Abraham can go from being this this fellow that's living in a tent in in the midst of his region how he can go from being unidentified to being the father of our faith, reaching his purpose. And so let's begin, let's go back to verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. I call this first principle separation. Separation. The first thing that people, when I, see, when I see Christians that aren't successful in life and are floundering and flustered and, and aren't doing well in their Christian walk, almost always we can go back and find there hasn't been a separation from the world. There hasn't been a complete dedication of their lives to Christ In some cases, Jesus has just been added on to everything else, and it's just a certain slice of your life, a certain part of the day or the week. But there hasn't been a total separation. And and that never computes with me, because when I got saved, when I got born again, I was a a junior at Texas A&M, and I I, I didn't know you could cheat and beat the system, Andrew. I didn't realize that. (laughs) The the system beat me, eventually. But... uh, I was a junior at Texas A&M, and when I got born again, I completely separated myself from school, so to speak, from studies, from even going to class. I was so turned on to what I had found, what I had discovered, the pearl of great price, I completely gave myself to the Word of God. And I share this in, in various classes, how I bought a paperback New Testament and got a yellow marker, and I just started going through it. And that, that, I consume the word, and I haven't stopped since. 
I became so separated, and I became separated not only in that sense, I became separated mentally, I became focused, I was driven, everything changed because of that separation. God had to separate Abraham or Abram from everything he knew in order to make something out of him. It says, get thee out. Get thee out. Now that separation can be emotional. It can be geographical. It, can be, it has to be at least spiritual. There has to be a separation in your heart from what you've known, from the things of the past, from your environment, from your friends, from the, the sins and, and which so easily entangle. There needs to be a quality decision in your life. I am separating myself. I am giving myself to Jesus 100%. Nothing is going to distract me. I am separated. How many of you here have been in the military? I was At A&M, I was in the Corps of Cadets, which is 24-7 military life. It's not the, the military, but it was similar in many, many respects. And the first thing they do when you join the military is they start separating you. The first thing they separate you from is your hair. Yeah. Then they separate you from your wardrobe. They give you a new one. All new clothes. They separate you, of course, you're separated from your family. You're separated from the things you've known and have been comfortable with. You're separated from time. Time is no longer yours. It's theirs. And there is a complete and total separation so that they can make something out of you. They want to give you a new vision. But there has to be a separation. Paul talks about this to Timothy. He says... He speaks about being a good soldier. No soldier entangles himself in the affairs of this world. If we are going to reach our destiny, reach our purpose, and be a blessing in the earth, as Abraham was called to be, if we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, if we're going to realize the full potential of that unique seed that's been planted in each one of us, there has got to be a separation. And when we hear Andrew speak, and you hear other men and women of God speak, you will find, not only was there a specific time in his life when he was completely separated, but that separation has been maintained over the years. And I find when people seem to start off that way, and they start off on fire, and they're going for God, and then two weeks, two months, two years later, they're, they're not doing so well, Almost always, the problem has been lack of separation. They've gone back and mingled themselves with the things of the past, with the world, whatever that might be. Get thee out, Abram. God knew, I can't do with you what I want to do while you're here. You've got to get out. You've got to be separated. You've got to be in a place where everything is new, everything is different. It's going to be uncomfortable. But that's the environment I need in order for you to be who you're called to be. See, we all say, yes, we want to fulfill our destiny, we want to fulfill our purpose, but are you willing to separate yourself from the distractions of the world, from some of your friends, from some of your vices, from some of whatever it is that has you entangled? Have you gotten out? And getting out is the first step. You have to get out. Whether we're talking mentally, emotionally, or geographically, there has to be that separation. Now look what happens when there is separation. We'll keep going. We'll read verse 1 again. He says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land 
that I will show thee. What's birthed from separation? Vision. I'm going to show you something, Abraham, but first you have to get out. There has to be separation. Vision will always follow on the heels of separation. There has to be first that complete decision that I am going to be a disciple. I am going to move into the things of God. Whatever it costs me, whatever the price may be, I don't care. This is my pearl of great price. This is the thing that I love, I desire, my passion. Is Jesus your passion? See, and once you make that move, you take that first step, I don't, you get out of the boat, you don't know what's next. But when that begins to happen in your life, then vision starts to happen. And you begin to see. You begin to see things you had never seen. And this was what, what Lawson was talking about uh, yesterday. You begin to see a destiny. You begin to see possibilities. You begin to see the future. But it doesn't happen if there's no separation. Like, for example, last night as I get in my car to leave, I can't see my house from here. I live up near Monument. I can't see that from here. But as I separate myself from here in my car, my headlights are giving me vision. With each roll of the tires, I am seeing farther and farther because I am separating and I am getting closer and closer to my my destination. Vision is birthed from separation. All, all vision is, is a mental picture of the word that you've heard. When we talk about faith comes by hearing, well, we can also say that vision comes by hearing. Sometimes we can't always put into words things. God dropped into my heart that I would be in full-time ministry when I was two or three months old in the Lord. I didn't know what full-time ministry meant. I didn't, I didn't really capture that, but I knew in, in my heart. Then in Bible school, when we, we took a missions trip to Mexico, and in that, during that trip, God dropped into my heart more focus about that, that particular calling, that particular vision. I knew I would be a missionary. Vision is, is what has kept me going. Vision will produce focus. And focus will help you make decisions in your life. People with no focus have trouble making decisions because they have nothing to focus on. There's no God-given vision. And I find this, that people that seem to have trouble, should I do this, should I do that, should I go here, should I take this job, should I move into this house? See, all of that tells me you don't have a vision. When you have a vision, you're focused on that vision, that's your passion, 99% of your decisions are made because you're going that way. When we were uh, felt called after get, getting married in Bible school, and we felt called to Mexico, and so we went to Mexico, and this is a long story, and I share this in other classes, but we sent ourselves. And we lasted about four months and came back, and yet I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called to missions. But we had blown it, we had, we had gotten ahead of God. And so we came back, but the focus, the vision was there. I'm called to be a missionary. And so everything about our lives, the kinds of jobs I had, everything that we did was all predicated on the fact that we're going to go on the mission field someday. And so we never got into debt. I I never sought out a profession that was going to tie me down. I looked for jobs that I could feed my family and take care of my obligations, but at any moment I could drop this and, and hit the field. I knew that I was called to missions. I had a vision. 
And the vision produced focus, and the focus produced good decision-making, wisdom. Now, that process took a lot longer than I thought it would. We were in the States for 11 years, waiting for that thing to be birthed. But I never lost sight of it. We had three children, many experiences, a lot of things took place. God was doing things in me and with me and and proving me and, and getting me ready. But for 11 years, that didn't it never died. That was always in front of me. That was, and all of my decisions were made because I had gotten out. I had separated myself. And I had a vision. God had given me a vision. So now decision making is easy. Because this is where I'm going. Gary said to me the other day. He says, I don't know how you stayed for two and a half years in the letter writing department writing emails. And I thought to myself, two and a half years is nothing. <laughs> I waited 11 years to get on the mission field. See, patience is, is part of that. When you have focus, when you know what you're called to do, when, you're, when your purpose has been discovered, and I'm going to get into that in a minute, then the, the vision part is what keeps you motivated, keeps you going, keeps you focused, keeps your faith active because you know there is a divine, unique call in you that you've discovered because you keep yourself separated into the things of God. Amen? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.18. 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we look, not at the things which are seen. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. But God said, get thee out and I will show you. Some of you are thinking about coming to Bible school. Some are struggling with that decision. Some of you are looking at all of the the temporal things that may hinder that. But once you take that decision, make that decision to get out, to separate from whatever it is that's, that's holding you back, God will begin to put a vision in you. How how I've got this written down somewhere. Let's see. Maybe I don't. I was thinking about it this morning. But the more that you the more that you have decided that Jesus is going to be your life and that you have a unique place in the body of Christ and the more that is your passion, the more you can see beyond the temporal and see into the eternal. And the more more that you do that, the less the temporal will distract you. I don't know if this is making sense or not, but 2 Corinthians 4.18, while we look not at the things which are seen, the distractions, I can't sell my house, I can't do this, I can't do that, all of these things are in my way, but at the things which are not seen, that divine vision God has placed in you because you've made a decision to be separated. He says, the things which are seen are temporal. Don't let temporal things keep you from your eternal destiny. Don't let economics, and, and then, again, balancing has to be some wisdom. You need a word from God. All right, foundational. You need a word from God. But if you've got that word from God, then don't let temporal things stop eternal destiny from taking place in your life. Let God birth that vision. Let that vision give you focus, and let that focus help you make your decisions. And I, I find that, that 
then in our lives, when we have a word from God, I don't know what it is, but it's just like a horse headed for the barn, in my case, just stay out of my way because that's where I'm going. And nothing is going to stop that. And I've done this enough times now to know when I've got a word from God, and all of the decisions that are in my life, they just all conform to that vision. But first, get the out. Get the out. Let God give you his vision. Have you separated yourself? Let's go on back to Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, get thee out unto a land that I will show thee. And the next principle, and I will make of thee. Actually, this is the phrase where this message was birthed. I will make of thee. God wants, to, God wants to accomplish his purpose in your life. There is something he wants to do in you that is completely unique, totally vital to the body of Christ that you and no one else can do. You have got to see yourself as God sees you. Go to Philippians 2, 12 and 13. What is God making of you? What are you discovering? Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean work out staying saved. It means work out what being saved means in the divine, eternal purpose of God. Find your purpose. Work out your salvation. Discover what God has put in you. He goes on to say, For it is God which works in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. There's something in you that isn't in anyone else that He wants to, for you to discover in life. And what I, what I like to share with people, I used to call this a, a pyramid, but that's too new agey, so we'll call it a triangle. <laughs> The triangle of life. That when you begin in your Christian walk, we'll call the base your opportunities. And as the years go by, things become more focused. But as you enter into the base of your Christian life, the the opportunities, I tell people, do everything you possibly can. Experience, experiment, get involved in different ministries. Try. I mean, you have a lot of latitude in God. You can't make a mistake. Don't worry about making a mistake. Enjoy all of the opportunities. Man, if I begin to list all of the things that I've done, we would be here for a long time. But I've done, so I'm going to list them. I've done done puppet ministry, believe it or not. I've done children's ministry. I taught myself to play the guitar. I've been a worship leader. And I've retired from that, and all heaven rejoices. And... I've done street ministry. I've done jail ministry. I've done cooking uh, food for street children. Did that for about a year. I, I, I've done many, many, many things in the ministry. But as time went by, there was always that motivation to share, but I didn't always have opportunities to share. So what does that mean? Did I just stay at home? No. I got involved in the things of God and experimented and experienced and tried different things to see what bears fruit. 
And as the years go by in our triangle, I realize that wasn't real fruitful, but these things have been pretty fruitful. And I begin to focus on those things. I'm discovering my purpose. It says he will make of us. He's put something in us. But I need to cooperate with him and live life without fear and get involved in activities and begin to see what is producing fruit in my life. What do people love? For, what do they get from me? And as time goes by, I realize more and more, and I was, I was never a public speaker and I was scared to death of, of speaking in public. And that was never what I was really focused on, but I always wanted to share the word. It was like this paradox. I need to share, but I don't want to share. <laughs> but as time goes on, I'm, I, I begin to accept every invitation that comes my way to do anything, and I'm like Don Knotts in The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I still get that way. But you just keep pressing on. And you begin to see, this is bearing fruit. People are, are receiving from this. It can be worship leading. It can be children's ministry. But you will discover as time goes by, you will get more focused on that thing that you know has, that you discover is your purpose. Now, people talk a lot about, and I'm, and I'm just going to give a little different twist here, the plan of God for your life. And I understand what they're saying, that God has a plan for your life. But sometimes the word plan bothers me a little bit because it's as if there's a, a divine plan A and as I'm walking in plan A I miss it well there went plan A and so now there's got to be plan B plan B is okay but it's not as good as plan A and so we go down plan B for a while and, and then I miss it so okay now I'm on plan C it's not as good as plan B which was not nearly as good as plan A but it's still God's plan and now, at this point in my life, probably I'm on plan R, I don't know. <laughs> but that, that terminology, I prefer to talk about purpose. Let me talk, talk about it this way. This is where Andrew was stealing all my stuff last night. <laughs> we have a, we're, we're, think of yourself as a seed. Each seed has an identity. Unique to, to it. And it is going to produce according to its kind. And when we're born again by the seed of the word of God, there is a particular unique identity and purpose that's infused into you. Now, whenever that identity and purpose gets discovered, it will go to work producing after its kind. You will never lose your purpose. Let's think of a watermelon seed. I like to use watermelons. I don't know why. A watermelon seed is a watermelon seed is a watermelon seed, and it will always be a watermelon seed. Now, I may give each one of you a watermelon seed, and you can go home and do what you will with that watermelon seed. Some of you will plant it and cultivate it and will grow watermelons. And if we come back 10 years from now, some of you will be watermelon tycoons. (laughs) Some of you will have never planted your seed. You just stored it. You saved it. Now, let me ask you, has the seed lost its purpose? What has it lost? It's lost time, but it hasn't lost its purpose. You will never lose your purpose. You may lose time, but you will never lose what God has put in you. Now, some of you may be starting at 18, and some of you may be starting at 80. 
So those obviously that are starting at 18, they're going to be the watermelon tycoons if they stay with their purpose. But those that are starting at 80 are still watermelons. Does that make sense? Plant it when you will. Plant it where you will. It's going to do what it does. It's going to produce watermelon. You could take me right now and put me in any country in the world. And within a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing what I do. Because that's my purpose. I'll be sharing with somebody. I'll be teaching someone. That's my purpose. I can't lose that. Now, some places will be more conducive to fruit than others. It's different kinds of soil. But I will be who I am. Amen? Get thee out. Separate. I will show you things that are eternal. Don't let the temporal get in your way. And I will make of you. You will discover what it is that I have put in you, says the Lord. And that purpose, whenever you plant it, wherever you plant it, it will begin to come forth. And there are some places that are are more appropriate for the planting than others, obviously. But as you discover that purpose, it doesn't matter where you might be, you begin to be who you are. God is more concerned about what, what he's made you to be, who you are, than what you do. The what you do will come from who you are. Discover that purpose and the fruit will grow from it. All right? Let's go back to Genesis 12. All right? Get thee out, separation. I will show thee, vision. I will make of thee, discover your purpose. A great nation and I will bless thee. Now, this is, this is good. When does the blessing come into this sequence of events? After, now, I'm not speaking theologically of, the, of Ephesians 1-3 that we're all blessed with every spiritual blessing. Yes, amen. But how that is activated in your life is another story. After you've separated yourself, After you have God's vision, and while you're discovering what he's making of you, your purpose, God's blessing follows God's purpose. Lots of people aren't walking in God's blessing because they're not walking in God's purpose. Which is because they don't have a vision, because they haven't been separated. And so because of of number one, when number one isn't done... None of the rest of it comes into focus. None of the rest of it is activated. He says, I will bless you. There is a provision, and I'm not just speaking about money, but there is a divine, supernatural provision for you when you're walking in God's purpose. When you're discovering your purpose. And as you grow in your purpose, that provision grows with you. We could go, let's go to Mark 4. I don't know if Andrew's going to get to this or not, but I'm going to use it quick first. Okay. Mark 4.26. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Okay. We have, we're a room full of watermelons here. All right. He says, And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, 
he knows not how, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. When you are involved in your purpose, there is a process of provision that increases over time. In, on, in every level of life, spiritually, economically, these things grow. They are a process. Where The full corn in the ear, what is that speaking of? That's the full fruit, the complete result of, of what the seed, the potential of the seed. Is that not the provision from having sown the seed? The seed produces its own provision, if that makes sense to you. That as you are involved in being who God made you to be, you're separated, you have God's vision, you're sown into the things of God, you are discovering your purpose, your provision will follow the growth of your purpose. First the blade. And sometimes people are saying, why, why is so-and-so blessed and I'm not blessed? Or why, why don't I ever have enough for, for things, but even Paul, Paul who was walking in his purpose, didn't he say, I have learned how to abase and to abound? We're not talking about an unending supply of riches. But we are talking about a process by which there will always be resources for you to accomplish God's purpose. If you're walking in his purpose, what did Romans 8.28 say? All things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. See how important this is? This is so key. that The, the, the blessing that you're looking for, the increase that you're looking for, the, the resources that you're looking for are all tied to the fact that you know what kind of seed you are and you've sown your life into God's purpose and you're letting Him make of you what that unique thing is. And as that grows, that blessing follows that purpose. That provision follows that purpose. And if you're patient, this isn't microwave Christianity. This is walking it out year after year, decade after decade, into where eventually your provision is more than enough because you're involved in God's purpose. Amen? Amen? Back to Genesis 12. Verse 2, I will make of thee, discover your purpose, and I will bless thee, you'll discover your provision. And he says, and make thy name great. And this is the fifth principle. As you walk in your purpose, your influence will grow. As you walk in your purpose, your influence will grow. You will see more and more influence as time goes by. And I don't want to talk about myself, but, but I can see this pattern in my life. That my influence now is, is where it's never been before, because I have been very faithful to walk in this kind of, of pattern with these principles in mind. I look at the people I went to Bible school with, back, and I went to Bible school back in 1976 to 78, and my classmates who were just... Kids like me at the time, many of them now who have stayed in their purpose have great influence, especially throughout Latin America, are very well known, have great impact. But at the time, they were like me, 24, 25 years old, just 
just getting started. But they stayed in their purpose, and now the blessing is, is obvious, manifest in their lives, and their influence has increased to touch nations. See, things take time. First the blade. Then, what does it say? I always forget this. Then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. There is a process of increase, of influence. All of these things will will take time as you remain separated with God's vision, letting Him discover and help you discover your purpose. That blessing begins to grow in your life and your influence will increase. See, what, what are we talking about here? What was Abraham's, what's God's purpose for Abraham? To be a blessing. To be a blessing. How many want to be a blessing? How many want to be a blessing in their families? Blessing to your spouse. Blessing to your children. Blessing at your job. Blessing beyond that in the realm of ministry. Blessing to your church. Perhaps God has in you a church. Perhaps God has in you a ministry, a mission, something that's never been done before. Perhaps that's in you. But, but my question, I go back again to the beginning. Have you separated yourself? Has that been, this, this is it, I'm completely given to this, this is my life, this is my destiny, Jesus is everything, I don't know the end from the beginning right now, I, don't, I can't see all of this, but I'm giving myself 100%. Separated unto God, and from there vision is born, and from there discovery takes place, and from there blessing finds you, and from there, there's influence. Influence. And it says, number six, in verse two, and thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing. Praise God. Let's go to uh, one of my favorite Psalms. We'll go to Psalm 112. And I'll show you this again in a different, different way. Psalm 112. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. We'll filter this through our new covenant. He delights greatly in the word, or I would call this man separated. This is the separation verse. Blessed is the man that is separated unto God, that delights in the word. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Influence. Influence. There's the influence part of the the equation. That his his children after him are carrying on that same, same message, that same integrity, that same character. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. There's the blessing. The blessing of God. His righteousness endures forever. Under the upright there arises light in the darkness. Vision. See, all this stuff is here. These are principles. These are spiritual principles of God. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, full of compassion, righteous. A good man shows favor, lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. He's discovered his purpose. He he knows how to guide his affairs with discretion. He knows who he is. He knows what his call is. He knows what his position in the body of Christ is. Surely he shall not be moved. See, once you've made these, you've gotten these principles settled in your heart, 
No one can shake you. No one can move you. Not even circumstances can, can change you. The, things can change. The economy can change. Bad things can happen in the world, whatever. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your purpose. It doesn't change God's ability to provide. It doesn't change anything. It just, it just affects the people of the world that live in fear. But you are light. You are salt. You have an answer. You are a minister. You're an ambassador. You're seated with him in heavenly places. You know who you are. You've discovered your purpose. You've kept yourself separated. And even in spite of our economy, there's still sufficient for you and sufficient to give. He guides his affairs with discretion. It goes on to say, uh, verse 7, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. He knows what seeds in him. He is what he is, what he is. He's established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Praise God. This is, this is, uh, this is the, the key, or these, these principles, these are the keys to productive, fruitful, abundant, victorious life. You separate yourself. You get God's vision. You let Him help you discover that purpose. You find that blessing that follows the purpose. Your influence will increase. And you will be a blessing. Amen? Amen? All right. Great. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, that's a word from God. You know, I enjoy it when people minister on the same stuff. When I was pastoring a church, people, I'd invite speakers in, and they would come and preach on the exact same thing that I had preached. And you know what? It's like the church members, they heard me say it, and they thought, oh, well, that's Andrew. But when somebody else comes in and says the same thing, it's like, oh, well, that might have been God speaking through him. You know, it's really good, and, and it's amazing how every message has uh, gone along the same lines, and Barry just stole some, stole some of my thunder, but I'm going to preach it anyway. <laughs> Amen. So, I really believe that God is getting a message across to everybody. There is plenty of information and uh, move by the Holy Spirit here to help you make the decisions that you need to make this week. It's just awesome. It's really exciting. All right, we'll take a break in, uh, what is it, 10 minutes? Oh, this is five past. Okay, so we'll be back in 20 minutes. I'd give you a little bit more time.